Welcome to More to Come, PW Comics World's uh, weekly podcast on comics and graphic novel publishing. I'm Calvin Reed, Senior News Editor at Publishers Weekly and Co-Editor of PW Comics World. Um, welcome to uh, this week's More to Come, and I'm uh, thrilled and delighted and, you know, full of myself <laughs> over... <laughs> over luring Alex Simmons here. Uh, I'm going to try an introduction, uh, give him an introduction here. Hopefully it won't take up the entire time. Um, he's, he's a comics writer. Uh, he is a, um, um, uh, he's, sorry, he's a comics writer. He's a published author. He's an educator. Uh, uh, not only in how to make comics, but really how to use comics in the broader sense, how, how, how to help teachers use comics. And, and uh, uh, he's the founder of Kids Comic Con, an annual kids-focused comics festival in the Bronx every year, coming up soon, uh, May, May, May 10th. Uh, and, and also, he is the uh, creator of Blackjack, um, a, uh, how to cry, a retro pulp soldier of fortune hero in the manner of Indiana Jones, but he's got his own unique spin on it. In in a in a, a, a thrilling uh, series of stories set in the 1930s, uh, I, um, and we're going to hear a little bit more about that franchise and new stories coming from it. Um, Alex Simmons, welcome to More to Come. Thank you so much for having me, Calvin. Thank you. Uh, wow, you, you like made that, it huh? through it. You, you like that? It. Well, did you I, know, did I, I really could do all that. Stuff? I could have gone on for a while, but you know, we only have so much time. Yeah, I'm send out <laughs> some sandwiches. There you go. Um, you know, look, uh, look, we've known each other for a long time. You know, I've, I'm an admirer, and I like to think a buddy as well. Absolutely. Um, um, but I, I want to get our audience to know a little bit more about your background before we jump right into mm. the, the, all of the interesting things you're doing in publishing. But give us a little bit uh, of uh, give us a little bit of insight into you, how you, and your background, and how you came into comics. Wow. Okay. So I was born. That was a good yes, start let's right start there. start at the very uh, beginning. I'm, I'm a born and, and raised uh, here in New Yorker, so, um, you know, try and imagine. Uh, by the way, I'm African-American, folks, for those yeah. of you. We, you we, we were going to get to that. Visuals <laughs> here, right. We were going to get to that. Right. Go on. But so my, my, my early, early years were in Harlem. I was raised in mm-hmm. Harlem, a single parent, my mom's, who uh, is still with us, by the way. Excellent. Yeah, yeah, Excellent. yeah. We, we Simmonses are a hearty breed, yes, right? That. And... Um, you know, a lot of my time was was really, you know, as, as an only child, you sort of like try to fill your head with, you know, stuff. You've just got things going on there. You're, you have your own conversations. You you play with your action figures, not dolls, your action figures, right? And, yes, and we're of that generation. Right, yeah. right. And, and I, I drew and I made up a lot of stories on paper and things like that. And I just had this very active imagination that my mom's never tried to crush, mm-hmm. she yeah. just let it let it flow. As long as I took care of business and school and stuff, she was cool with that. So what I guess was inevitable to some degree. You, you're not taught that you can't, you can't, you can't. So as I got older and went through high school and things, I was constantly, you know, writing stories, drawing stuff, and thinking one day I'd become a, co- a comic book artist. That was my original thought, uh, especially when I graduated from Art and Design High School. Uh-huh. Yeah, which a number of people in the industry, like Jamal and and, mm-hmm. and Mike Jamal Eigel uh, and Jamal Eigel and Eigel, uh, excuse me yeah. I always brutalize his name sorry Jamal <laughs> yeah it's, it's okay Jamal yeah he'll, he'll find you later yeah, okay yeah. <laughs> but but I mean a, a lot of people in the industry have come from there and anyway so I graduated from mm-hmm. there and I was thinking I was going to become an illustrator and then I got lost in theater 
Uh-huh. Is it because I loved performing? Yes, you know, yes right? I can tell by the affected uh, so, accent. But go ahead. Yeah, so, right, right. That's it. Yugoslavian, right. Yes. So anyway, so I, I wound up actually pursuing acting for a number of years, and uh-huh. I wound up doing voiceover work and performing on stage and doing extra work in films like Ghostbusters and things like that. Oh, see, I didn't know this, yeah. Hey, yeah. you know, you, didn't, I knew you, the, you never asked. Well, you know? I knew about the, uh, I knew uh, your history in theater, but mm-hmm. I didn't know that you, you know, done some time in the movie business. Yeah, yeah. No, so no, even more. Don't say do time, man. It makes me nervous. Yeah, right. sorry, sorry. <laughs> didn't mean to stereotype yes, yes, you. Yes, yes, But go on. <laughs> no, no, like I said, I was I was fortunate to do some extra work in yeah. films, The Whiz and a, a, oh, very a, a cool. number of very other cool. things. And all through that, um, the writing part of my head was still going, and right around that time period, I met an actor who was doing a soldier's play. Ah, you may sure. remember yeah. that production, mm-hmm. right? It went yes. on to become a movie. Yeah, and it became a movie with Denzel Washington. Right, exactly, and, yeah, and, yeah, and, yeah. and Adolf Caesar and yes, so yes, forth. Yes, yes, yes. Great well, movie. Well, this, this actor... Actually, I saw the play and the film. Actually, so, so did I. Yeah. We were yeah. probably mis- there Could in the be. audience together. Could be. Sitting separately. Yeah. I love them I loved the both. I, uh, yeah. I enjoyed them. I enjoyed yeah. them both. And yeah. there's a lot to be said about that. Now, that's in another show. Yes, but okay. Okay. That actor gave me a biography called The Biography of Ira Aldrich. And Ira yes, Aldrich, yeah, yeah, Ira Aldrich was a, actually a living and breathing black yeah. actor, yeah. early 1800s here yes. in New York I, City, yes. born and raised here, and who made his way in his early 20s over to England and wound up going through a lot, I, again, I'll keep that simple for now, yeah. going through a lot yeah. and, and rose to prominence on the continent, yeah. performing not only to the, the, the men and women on the streets of London and Russia and Ireland and so forth, but also kings, queens, czars, and so forth. Sure. He became mm-hmm. knighted at one point. Yes, and he died over this. But anyway, I, if that, I may interject, yeah. uh, only because it's a plug for my alma mater. I went to Howard University. I'm a graduate of Howard University, and one of the things, in fact, I got my diploma in the Ira Aldrich Theater. Ah, see, there you go. There <laughs> so you go. I've been very familiar with Ira Aldrich since I was a freshman at Howard University. See, so see, the see, theater see. there. So you should go see Red is Velvet. named after him. Obviously, we'll, we'll talk about yes. that in a moment. White, but anyway, there. so. <laughs> reading about Ira and having a, a major love for Sherlock Holmes mm-hmm. and realizing, wow, there's a cross in there in terms of the time and fiction and everything. Mm. I wrote a play about Sherlock Holmes where he takes on a case involving the family of Ira Aldrich. Oh. And that took me out of acting and placed me behind the typewriter, the computer, yeah. and that sort of shifted my life into writing. Because originally I wanted to perform in it, but then I thought, no, the writer needs to make sure this works. So Very while cool. doing that, I wound up... Uh, Connecting with, you know, I knew a lot of people in comics, bringing it back to comics. Yes, good, yeah, as I knew you would. I knew a lot of people <laughs> in comics. Uh, when I was a teenager, I used to go to the conventions, Phil mm-hmm. Sulings, New York, uh, the hotels and all that. Mm-hmm. And I met Don McGregor, for Billy our, Graham. For, for our people who don't know who Phil Suling is, just very briefly, ah. he essentially invented the direct market. Uh, system that we know today to be the comic shop market, uh, as well as being an early organizer of the whole fan notion right, of fandom. Right. Exactly. Yeah. And and again, here in New York, you can't do it now yeah. <laughs> because of the volume. But here in New York, the comic conventions that we had here could be held in a hotel, one floor, yeah. in a ballroom, and a couple of small side rooms. Yes. Now you've got the Javits Center, yeah. right? you no, know, 180,000 yeah. people. But you know, during that time period, it was even easier to meet the artists and the talent mm-hmm. in the industry. Smaller venues. Sure. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I met a lot of these early illustrators and writers, uh, Denny O'Neill sure. and, and, mm-hmm. and all of these guys. And and it was exciting because, again, I loved comics. I was involved now in drawing and writing. You know the Marvel crew, too, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. yes. Literally, yes. literally Tell if us, you meet yeah. Stan Lee now, that gregarious, yeah. open, jovial dude, 
That's very much the way he was when I was 18. Yeah. And I'm not yeah. anywhere near that now, folks. Um, <laughs> well, I used to neither. go to Marvel, you know, because Don McGregor, my buddy Don, was mm-hmm. hired on to write All, for Marvel. Also a very important figure right. in the development of the graphic novel. That's right. Yeah. And the Black Panther. Yes. You know, yes. Coming yeah. behind mm-hmm. um, the work that Marvel had already done with it. He did, you know, Panther's Rage and a number mm-hmm. of other stories. It took on social issues mm-hmm. and also took us back into Wakanda for like an entire 12-issue yes. series. So for a year, yeah. we were in Wakanda, you know. Yeah. <laughs> but um, but through Don, I met a number of the Marvel, Mark Wolfman and yes, Lynn mm-hmm. Wein and, yes. and a lot of those, Archie Goodwin, all these yeah. guys. And, of course, the illustrators like like Johnny Ramita Sr. Nothing sure. against you, Junior. You're a good guy. <laughs> but I met your dad, you know, and, and Maurice sure. Severin. Sure. And, and this was during the bullpen era mm-hmm. when you would find five or six of these people working there mm-hmm. in the office. That would be the mighty Marvel bullpen. That was exactly <laughs> what you would call it, Captain America. Anyway, so, so I knew these people from that point. And when I met them, you know, it's as a fan, mm-hmm. you know. But as the years progressed and I wound up doing work in theater or writing and so forth, Oddly enough, it started to become a little bit more of a peer scenario. Mm-hmm. Um, I did get to do a couple of little things for Marvel and for their parent company because they had a, a music magazine at the time. So I wrote some articles interviewing musicians and so forth. But it kept me in that arena. Mm-hmm. And there were times I'd walk by Stan's office and he'd see me and he'd start talking because that's what Stan does. <laughs> <He's>, <laughs> you know, well, let me talk to you about this, right? And he would just pontificate for a while. And you listened because it was fun. Because, yeah, I'm sure it was fun. And it was Stan Lee. <laughs> and it was Stan the man Lee. Yeah. And on the D.C. side, it was Dick Giordano. Yeah. You mm-hmm. know, uh, who I mm-hmm. still love. I still yeah, think sure. was a great man. Um, but either way, so by the time I hit my 20s, late 20s or so, and I was thinking about writing for comics, I had people that I could bounce ideas off of mm-hmm. and look for freelance work at the time and mm-hmm. all this. Other. And somewhere within all of that, there came this part of me that, you know, again, growing up watching all these old movies and, mm-hmm. you know, loving the mysteries and the high adventures and things like that, but recognizing blacks weren't really represented very well in them. Right. You know, we had we had a subservient position but we had a step-and-fetch-it comedy position, and that's pretty much it. Yeah. Um, but I also knew from my studies and from people that I had met over the years, uh, we were merchant sailors, we were soldiers, we were adventurers, we were explorers, we were all of these things. So why shouldn't that be represented in the medium that I enjoy? Absolutely. Black folk are everywhere. Right. <laughs> get over exactly. it, folks. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. You need to deal with that. <laughs> you know, you just to, get you, over it. walking around with your hands over your eyes. We're everywhere. Fingers, right? yeah, yeah. And have been for a long time. <laughs> exactly. So ultimately, for me, you know, the Ira Aldridge experience with Sherlock Holmes mm-hmm. had been fun and exciting mm-hmm. and it worked. Yeah. And I thought, let me do this in comics. And that brought me to, what would I like to do? Well, I love the high adventure stuff. Mm-hmm. And so I came up with this soldier of fortune. So he, you know, he would globe hop, mm-hmm. right? He would be like the soldiers that had fought with Napoleon and Teddy Roosevelt, and even before that, sure. he'd have mm-hmm. those experiences. The '30s were a time of innocence and ignorance for American society. Mm-hmm. There was so much about the world we didn't know, so it was still mysterious and lost, and mm-hmm. there were all these possibilities. So that was a rich tapestry to play with, and there was so much that black folks had accomplished prior to and during that era that I could start to bring out. And then what in researching that, it started to bring me around to the other side of what people do with the color line. I had always seen Charlie Chan films with Charlie being played by a white actor in makeup. Mm -hmm. All right. 
well, that ain't right. Yeah, yeah. I I'd seen <laughs> well, some movies. As you know, right. We're still dealing with this issue yeah, today, yeah. but we'll we'll move on. Yeah, well, <laughs> I'm, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. And and, and and even the old serials and things that I used to watch with those high adventures. We went to the Middle East. Well, they they didn't get the the right end of the stick either. Yeah, you know, well, okay. You, not everybody's a bad guy. Hey, I just got to point that out, right? <laughs> so I started recognizing that if I was going to have him traveling in these other countries, I needed to at least, to the best of my abilities fairly represent the culture yeah so that caused me to do more research into that and to try and make the people no matter what their background was more people than just two-dimensional characters so that you know the first story that that was published was second bite of the cobra blackjack second mm-hmm. bite of the cobra and that was a middle eastern setting and then the second book was blackjack blood and honor and that took us to tokyo and china and right, so forth great. and again a lot of meaty mm-hmm. stuff to play with because my consciousness said Represent the folks correctly. Yeah, yeah, this is great. So, um, uh, this character, Blackjack, we're talking about. It's his. His name is uh, Aaron Day. Aaron Day. That's right. Um, uh, tell us a little bit more about him. Now, he obviously he's a soldier of fortune, but he's, you know, he's there's a little Bruce Wayne in there, but you know, there's also he's uptown. You know what I'm saying? Uh, you know, it's, so, a, it's a funny, it's a funny thing because people say there's a little bit of Bruce Wayne. There's also you could say he's a little bit Lamont Cranston. Yes, well, <laughs> yes, yeah, 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 yes. Whatever course. the prototype is, yeah. there's a part of him that has some wealth and class, yeah, and yeah. style, right? Yeah. At the same time, yeah, um, Aaron was 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 born to uh, a mother and father of a slightly different era, as we as we know. Aaron was born in the early 1900s. So his mom and mother and father were born in the late 1800s, right? Mm-hmm. So dad had been from, was from the South. He dealt with all that nonsense mm-hmm. down there. Mom and he had met when he was coming North, and they settled in New York. Nice. But again, that history was still there. And his father, as far as he's concerned, is, you know, there, there's not a decent person on the planet other than my shade. Right. That, it's a little yeah. hardcore about that. Well, the, the older generation right. could be a little hardcore right, about right. that, as we both yeah. know. Mom was very... They saw they saw a, a tougher variety yeah. Well, yeah. of racism. They were of closer racism. to the pain than we were. Yeah, yeah. yeah. than, yeah. than uh, our generation did. Right. So they, they were uh, maybe, you know, maybe a little bitter uh, about some things, uh, not without justification. But, well, but if you live it, it's hard yes. not to respond to yes. it or react to it or deflect it or whatever you're yes. going to do. Mom found her And they saw the most visceral variety right. oh, yeah. of this stuff. Yeah, you know, let's you know? walk past a tree and see somebody dangling. Yes, exactly. Okay, not exactly. a problem for the law. So, yeah. Oh, yeah. But mom found her solace in, in religion, as many black mm-hmm. folks is. So she was more of a religious soul than, than, mm-hmm. than, than Matthew, which is Aaron's yeah. father's name. Well, Matthew, at one point, got the opportunity to go fight overseas in, another, in a war, mm-hmm. right, and get paid. Mm-hmm. And sort of that affected him, like, well, wait a minute, you know, I don't have to take garbage from other people I can I can go here they don't pay me and then when I finish my job I'm gone yeah. right so he was doing this a lot and mom was raising Matthew uh, Aaron and his older sister um, here in, in, in New York and she's saying this is not a family mm-hmm. so she says you travel we travel but while you're off in the mountains the jungle wherever it is doing what you do we'll be in some nearby village town whatever it is and when you finish, you come there. But it's like, it's not going to be, we're not going to see you for six months, eight months, nine months, a year, whatever. Yeah. And, and Matthew could have gone, hell no, lady. Yeah, but yeah. no. <laughs> you know, because there was some part of him that yeah. went, yeah, well, all right. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, so Aaron and his sister have grown up exposed to other cultures from their childhood. Mm-hmm. And whereas Matthew didn't read or write, really. I mean, mm-hmm. he, he could eke by. Mm-hmm. 
Sarah had 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 spent that time learning yes. to read, and mm-hmm. especially the, her Bible. That was like mm-hmm. you know her textbook. Mm-hmm. So she shared those lessons with her children. She shared some of the spirituality with her children. And while they're in these different towns and villages, she would introduce them as best she could to the people that they were living among and try and get them to look and see what's going on here. Don't just, you know, block it out Mm -hmm. and judge because that's what's being done to us. So when that, um, when, you know, what's happened is Aaron grows up. He wants to be like dad, yeah, because dad comes back conquering hero, you know. Dad whatever. kicks butt, yeah, takes names, you know, <laughs> yeah. and, and drops a coin or two here. And there. Um, but at the same time, he's also been exposed to other things, a broader view of the world. And so, at a point when, and this is more like Bruce Wayne, the point when they're in their teens, um, Aaron and his sister lose their parents; they're killed, mm-hmm. and they 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 spend the next five years with a family friend in Europe. And Aaron's father's best friend, uh, Silas, comes and visits and looks in on him and shares stories with him and stuff like that. But the bottom line is when when they reach a certain age, they move back to New York. And whereas Aaron has decided, I'm going to go follow in Dad's footsteps. I can do this, right? His sister is going, no, I'm not. And also, I'm not going to sit here and wait for you to come back or not come back. Mm -hmm. So she goes off to the Midwest and starts to set up her life. She says, you've always got family. You've Mm -hmm. always got a place to come to. We will stay in touch but I will not stay here mm-hmm. and wait for that message. Uh-huh. So he's a little alone in certain ways. He's um, a little isolated in some mm-hmm. of his manners and so forth. But at the same time, he goes out, he takes care of these assignments, and he grows from the assignments. I mean, this is this is the broader view of the character. Yeah, yeah. He, he starts out with one perspective of what it is he does. And, of course, as he encounters these different situations, he's forced to reevaluate. Because he's not just his father. He's not just a mercenary who takes the money and I don't care what you want me to do. He starts to remember those other lessons that he's learned, those other things that he's seen, and he has to decide where his father ends and where he begins and what he will and won't do for the yeah. money. So all that's in there with the action adventure and the globe trotting. Well, this is great. You know, no, Because that, that's what I wanted. I mean, it's so easy to just sort of say, oh, great, you know, he's an action figure from the 30s, but I really wanted our, our readers to get... One of the great things about Blackjack is that he, he's a character that seems to step out of history. So it's great that the, he, uh, the, his creator talk a little bit about the, 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 the historical platform that he's kind of coming out of. So this is great. This is actually... Um, okay, so you mentioned some of the books. I mean... Blood and Honor is the is the trade paperback collection. That's right. That's now, is that still in print or is it well, out of print? It could go back in print, but it's out of print it's right good. now. Yeah. It's, yeah. Right. it's out of print first, right now. Yeah, and the first uh, storyline was Second Bite of the Cobra, and that was a three issue uh, sold as individual issues as comic book format. Were they ever collected? Or? Uh, no, we've never collected them into a book, but that is going to happen this year. Okay. And right now the PDF is available that way, okay. but you know, but no, we've never collected mm-hmm. it as a trade. Okay, and then okay after um, what was it? Now there's a comic strip as well, Heart of Evil. Yep, uh, Blackjack Heart of Evil is a story that I wrote and has been illustrated for because it's been a, a monthly installments. It's been illustrated originally by John Jennings. Uh huh. Sure. All right, and uh, his life got so complicated towards the end of the project that he had to take a hiatus 
And I, we really wanted to finish it, and with his blessing, he's working on Kindred now. He's yeah, working on adapting yeah. the Octavia Butler. Yeah, I know. Into a I was there novel. when the deal came through. Oh, you know? okay, all right. Yeah, and John deserves every bit of it. But yeah. he's also he travels a mm-hmm. lot. He's got various exhibits he's put together. So he really didn't have any more time. Yeah. But as I said, with his blessing, I brought on Paris Cullen, mm-hmm. and Paris is going to finish out the illustrations of that. So that's a uh, blackjack going to uh, Germany. Uh, yes, at that time. Okay. All <laughs> yeah, right. right. Going go. to Germany, sneaking into Germany to pull uh, to extricate a, uh, a dictator who's done some atrocious things. All right. I'm sure black men could sneak into Nazi Germany as long as it's nighttime. <laughs> yeah, it's hot. Hey, no. Yeah, I gotta be real here. There you go. You're not gonna be just strolling down. It's not Barney <laughs> from Mission Impossible. That deserved a rim shot. Yes. <laughs> you know, no matter what country you go to, where there are no other black people, he doesn't stand out. I don't know about yeah, that. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> and okay, let me see. And uh, now there is a foreign rights version, uh, a foreign a foreign language yeah, version. Is that right? Blackjack yeah. International. Yes, well, well Black and it's going to be published in the Netherlands. Well, actually, am I wrong? There's a past and and a present. Okay. Okay. So I'm holding in front of you uh, this oddly shaped, uh, oversized book. Yes, which is and the I'm, first Blackjack story I'm to ever be published up jealous too. in another country. Whoa. This was published in the Netherlands last year. Very this cool. This is a short eight pager called Blackjack: Color of Courage. Which um, is was done by uh, illustrated by Steve Ellis. Cool. I wrote this one. Mm-hmm. Steve Ellis illustrated this one, and this came out in the Netherlands. Oh, and this is a cover by uh, yeah, Jean Gonzalez did the cover here. Great, Jean, love you. Yes. So, <laughs> so this publishing house in the Netherlands, which oddly enough is called um, Lone Jim, and and you know the okay. figure has a mask on. It makes me feel like the Lone Ranger. Yeah, I know. Right? Something <laughs> the Netherlands Dutch. Okay, hmm, okay, whatever works. <laughs> But anyway, they published this, and it got such great uh, response that they opted to publish Second Bite of the Cobra. Oh, great. So they're in, in Dutch. In Dutch. Right? Absolutely. So this is the first issue. just came out this month. And it's really funny to sit and stare at these words in Dutch and realize, <laughs> yeah. yeah, I know I wrote that, but I have no there idea you what go. it well, says. Yeah, hopefully it says what I hope it says. You know, <laughs> you know close enough. Close enough. Go. Right. So, so that's one of the international moves that just happened. Mm-hmm. I've also just signed, I mean, literally just this week, I signed with uh, a rep mm-hmm. who's now going to be uh, promoting Blackjack stories, old and new, uh, in French-speaking countries. Great. All so right. France and then a number of countries in Africa and the West Indies as well. All right. So now, Blackjack is coming. Uh, there's new English language. Yes, right. Oh, editions God. You want to go there, out. too? Yes. I want to go there, too. And um, what I take it to be a multi-platform, uh, I guess almost uh, transmedia version. Well, of that's it. exactly the word for yeah. it. Yeah. So yeah. let's take it in steps. English versions. Uh, there's the Blackjack Anthology, which is coming out in the end of April, called Buried Secrets. Great. And there's a novella in there with spot illustrations by uh, Sean Atkinson. Mm-hmm. And there's also going to be a couple of sh- uh, shorter stories, one in a comic book format. And I can't tell you which ones yet because we're shifting them around. Because one of them wasn't ready. Uh, yeah, okay. This, this happens. You know, yeah, well, folks. So we're going to shift something around because that's coming out in April. Okay. Uh, come heck or high water. Yeah, okay. Right. <laughs> but Family um, show. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so that's, that's one. I also have uh, Tim Fielder, who's mm-hmm. doing a beautiful color illustration of another of the Blackjack stories, uh, Goliath is Dead. Um, which takes place in Italy. Mm-hmm. And that's one of the, the shorter stories that we do. And then Paris is working on Blackjack Retribution, which was originally an audio play that was produced oh, a few years ago. Very interesting. Right, um, in the uh, New York City Museum of Television and Radio 
Yeah. Right. But we're adapting it because there's a lot of people who like to see it that way. And I thought, what the heck? Paris is willing to do illustrations for it. Or we're good. Great, great. So okay. those are, and I sent you actually, I sent you some files. So you have a couple okay, of images right. and yes, things here when you want to take a look uh, at that. Now you mentioned the transmedia. Tr- yes. Um, as much as I can talk about that, which is not as much as I would like to, um, I have been brought on board recently as the editor in chief of Art Hawk Entertainment in mm-hmm. general and specifically Art Hawk Entertainment Online Network. Mm-hmm. And it is a transmedia, um, transmedia or entertainment corporation is mm-hmm. really what it is. Art Hawk. Art Hawk. Mm-hmm. Yes. Try saying that six times fast. <laughs> and we're developing a platform that is going to be bringing you three different servings of entertainment mm-hmm. with comics being one of them. Okay. All right. Some of what I would love to say to you, I can't say yet. But okay. I can't. I can't give you an update in approximately three weeks. So uh, we'll we'll yeah. revisit. Yeah, we'll this. revisit that uh, absolutely. Not on the podcast, but uh, yeah, you know, yeah, sorry, yeah. the audience. Yeah. But well, <laughs> just, you'll know just, soon just enough. know that by May fourteenth, they'll know more. <laughs> okay, they'll, they'll all know right. More. right, that sounds great. Um, fabulous. Okay, did we cover everything for blackjack? I think we did. Oh, uh, you covered a lot of it. That's for that's sure. true. That, that's true. But anyway, we're 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 waiting anxiously to see new blackjack stories. Really, a great character, a great series. So we're looking forward to seeing more. Um, we're going to jump around with Cookie Biz. You got so many things here. I want to talk about um, Kids Comic Con. Let's ah, jump to yes. Kids Comic Con. Okay. Now, this is a fabulous event. Uh, you talk about um, nature abhors a vacuum. Uh, there, I mean, there really was no, nothing really like this. Essentially, just what it says, a kids' commentary. Yeah. That's right. This is coming on eight years yeah, now. This will be number eight. Uh, so, tell us about kids' comic con. Well, you know, I have this this condition where I <laughs> I can't leave things well enough alone. <laughs> yeah, there you um, go. You know, as you know, in the comic book uh, industry, especially in the uh, late seventies, early eighties, the whole machine sort of started to move away from the young audience. Yes. You know. Yes. And for whatever you may yes. think about kids and comics and things, I'm sorry, this is where a lot of kids start reading. Yeah, That's where they start to get their their stimulations and their imagination begin to flow. And absolutely. it was affordable at one time. Absolutely. So uh, at as, one time, yeah, right. <laughs> as I noticed this happening, I kept trying to get some of the conventions and people to look. Just have a kids' corner. Have a little section here where the kids don't pick up their Scooby Doo's or their Felix the Catch or whatever right next to Betty Bimbo's, you know, yes. buttock shots, yes, yeah, right? right. You know? <laughs> and and some people listened and went, nah. And and a couple of people uh, said, well, here, try it. So I tried it with Lizard World the first year that mm-hmm. they did the Chicago Con there. And it worked beautifully, but they never let us back. Um, <laughs> and then I tried with Ekbok, which is the East Coast Black Asian oh, right, Comics sure, Convention sure, in sure. Philly. And they loved it, and they've continued to do it. Mm-hmm. And I go whenever I can to participate in that. But other than that, doo- yeah. So in 2007, well, actually in 2006, I met a gentleman named Eugene Adams at Bronx Community College. And Gene had found me through the internet. He saw all the writing and stuff. I did kids' books, mm-hmm. and I was doing workshops with children in schools and things. And he said, hey, um, what would you like to do here if we could hook this up? Because BCC is connected to a number of middle schools and high schools in the community. So I said, well, you know, I'd love to do some workshops. And he said, fine, let's hook that up. So he let me do that. And when you know, we did about uh, six months or so of that. And then suddenly he came back and said, well, what else would you like to do? I said, well, I've always wanted to show teenagers and, and college students that comic book industry is a business as well 
And so they have a few people come in to do like a, a panel and all that. He said, okay, let's let's do that. Let's do it. So we invited mm -hmm. a, uh, six different artists. Uh, uh, Danny Fingeroff was sure. one of them. Mm -hmm. Tanya Del sure. Rio was another. Mm -hmm. uh, but like four others uh, in Stephen Harris. Mm -hmm. And the, the college said, well, give them a conference room and they'll have like 30 people probably and it'll be fine. The room was filled to capacity, yeah. standing room only. There was over 200 people in that room. Sure. All right? Mm -hmm. And they were eating it up and taking notes, and mm -hmm. people didn't want, and teachers standing around going, yeah, you yes. know. So after that, Gene says to me, well, now what do you want to do? And I thought, you haven't learned yet. Never ask me that yeah, question, yes, right? Because I've got more yeah, to do. <laughs> I, I, I can keep doing this, you know. So I said, I've always wanted to throw an all-age, or at least an age-appropriate convention that brought comic books, not only back to kids, but also alerted parents and educators of the variety of material yes. that's out there. Yes. And I said, I just would like to do He said, hey, let's do it. I don't know how you do it, but let's do it. Yeah. I said, so I reached out to about 10, 12 of my friends. Uh, the college gave us a space, and I figured, okay, we'll maybe have like 50 people from the community. It'll be a nice thing. Then I spoke to you. Oh, really? Oh, <laughs> I didn't remember this. Google. Yeah, I spoke to you, <laughs> and you mentioned it. Online in yes. PW. Yes, yeah, no, and I do it remember wasn't, saying. It wasn't, it wasn't three hours later that I in had. In fact, this I remember this now. You seem to be trying to keep it secret or something. I, well, it wasn't <laughs> secret, but I'm, yeah, I'm up was, there in the hinterlands. And, and I was saying, the, yeah, because I, I, I think we were in negotiation. I was saying, I think you, we need to put this out. Yeah, yeah. I, I forget the exact conversation, but I, yeah. All I, all I, all I was thinking at that time was with no resources, no money, no, no budget to do PR or anything like that. Let me reach out to my friends and yeah. things and hook this up to the best of our ability so successful in this moment. Mm -hmm. I had no idea that once the word got out, yeah. and as I said, you put that little article, I literally had this flood of emails. And we went from 8 to 10 professionals to 45. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And we went from my expectation of 50 to maybe 100 to between 700 and 900 people yeah. that came to that place. Yeah. And at the end of it, when the doors were closed, the day was it, because it's a one-day event, mm -hmm. right? Six o'clock, doors were closed. And I'm standing there like this, and I'm hearing, Oh, man, did you see? Wow, did you see? The kid was holding my books, man. We saw kids read. And I'm turning around, and there's these artists and vendors freaking yeah. out because they actually got to see children the people that, with their yes, books. Yes, with their books. Absolutely. And the parents talking to them and mm -hmm. all of that. Sure. And they said, you're going to do this again, right? You're going to do this again. <laughs> and I'm thinking, I hadn't planned to. <laughs> I just wanted to show the others who have the pockets that this could be done. Yeah. No, that we had to do it. And yeah. there was something that happened also at that event <laughs> that I didn't realize the ramifications. Uh, Two things. Dan Mishkin, who came in from Michigan, who's Dan it. Mishkin? Dan Mishkin is a comic book writer. Uh, he'd done a number of things for Marvel for years. Mm -hmm. uh, he lives out uh, near Detroit. Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. All right. yeah, so he'd come to the event. He loved it, and he wanted to do a spinoff of it out there. And with our blessings, we talked, and he hooked that up. And so he does He does kids read comics cool. uh, up there in June. Excellent. Uh, the other thing was uh, a guy named Jay Williams from Reed mm -hmm. came to see our event and said... This is what our kids' day should be. Mm -hmm. You mean read exhibitions? Read exhibitions. Who just started doing yeah. the New York Comic Con, yes. mm -hmm. right? You know, on their level yes. at the Javits. Their kids' day had, was essentially kids under twelve getting for free. Period. Yeah. That was right. it. But he saw this. He said, "This is what our kids' day should be." Mm -hmm. So from that point to the next year, it was myself and he pulled together like six other people, uh, Jim mm -hmm. Gowley and a bunch of folks, yeah. and we helped them design. Their kids did. Yeah. And we worked on that two different times. Two, that, that next year, so it was 07 and 08, 
and then for a little while. And now we're back. Um, I was there running their family room and helping the program that last year. I'm doing it this year. I'm also doing it with them at C2E2. Oh, excellent. So, you know, we've we've got a nice relationship here going. And it's it's all about KCC's mindset, which is a good portion of mine, but... I found some great people to work mm-hmm. with, like Paul, you know, Castiglia, mm-hmm. Mike Lopez, and so forth, and the Archie people. They've they've yes. been really supportive. So you get those like minds together, and you're able to create an event that really excites people. That parents and grandparents come to me and say, "Bless you." I mean, I'm using the word "bless yes. you" for okay. giving me something to take my kids to, so forth and so on. So. That's KCC. So May 10th is our eighth 10th, event. Right. right. I was only going to do it once. Yeah, well, right. Our yeah, you know event. what happens with a good idea. You yeah. know, and we've been, you know, we traveled a bit, too. We've traveled a bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Up, from upstate New York, we, we have yeah. a KCC Roadshow. Kids come from ah. Roadshow. So over the years, we've gone from Buffalo, New York, to Miami, Florida. Cool. Right. And in 2010, we were in Senegal, Africa. Oh, that's right. That's right. You did that whole thing. Yeah, we went taken... over. We yeah. worked with the Senegalese American Bilingual School. And the American Embassy in Dakar. Awesome. And so we did mm-hmm. 10 days there. We had hundreds of kids coming to an exhibit that we brought over, taking workshops with us. We did this major panel at the University of Dakar. I even love being able to say that. <laughs> Two, over 200 people showed up for that. We met with Sisse um, um, Desamba, who's a, a Senegalese comic artist, great. whose work had been displayed at the Harlem Museum. Oh, in the, yeah, yeah, in that, right. uh, in the, in that uh, great... Yes, African, uh, African comic artist. Yes, 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 yes. Uh, for those who don't know, a fabulous show. I was fortunate enough to have a little essay in the in the catalog, but uh, that was a fabulous um, and first time event. Yeah, and, and also unfortunately, so far the only the only event of and, bringing and contemporary by, African yep, cartoonists comic, and right? comics artists to the U.S. Right. May May I just put this out there for all of the right political reasons? It is not for lack of them trying to bring it elsewhere in this country. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I'm just gonna be. I'm just gonna put yeah, it there. Yeah. Okay. And it was beautiful to see the art styles, the subject matters, you know, from from mythological all the way to, you know, social relevancy, some dynamite stuff. But anyway. Yeah, props to uh, Delma Golden up at the Studio Museum who saw the value of it, really being a gallery art person, but she saw the value of the show immediately uh, and jumped on it with both Well, feet. let's give her some more props, because <laughs> yeah. so far she's been the only one. Uh, yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, 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 you know, no hostility there. Yeah, okay. yeah. yeah. Uh, but uh, no, that was, so again, KCC has traveled. We've made a lot of mm-hmm. friends and connections and things, and we really hope to continue uh, to, to really, the message is, you know, kids are remarkable creatures on this planet. To stymie their imagination, to flatten out their lives to nothing but digits and memorizing factual information that they don't even know how to apply themselves Mm -hmm. is ludicrous. If a child can't imagine what he or she wants to be in the future, they don't see the relevancy of the information you're trying to feed them now. Absolutely. And and really, what you I mean, one of the things that uh, and probably one of the most exciting parts of of Kids Comic Con is is those workshops. Uh, free workshops. You know, they yep. ki- thank, thank you very much. Free yeah. workshops uh, where these kids, they jump on it to be able to make, make their own comics. Uh, to learn learn the tools of making comics. From but, from from just drawing fun comic car- cartoon characters, even if you don't mm-hmm. kind of like to draw or you don't draw that well, to actually, you know, a number of the artists who do very specific workshops on, you know, drawing figures or drawing mm-hmm. action or drawing technology or settings or moods. You know, we try and, we try and provide them during that one day, 
with as many opportunities to get next to the talent and to learn, mm -hmm. you know, even if it's just asking questions. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and, and you were prescient, really, in, uh, in, in these efforts to organize, you know, an event like this. As comics uh, are becoming more and more important in the educational process, in the broader education, not just learning how to make comics, but really how to make use comics to stoke the imaginations of kids in all kinds of subjects. Absolutely. Uh, the ability of words and pictures to really create really concrete mental representations of, of, of ordinary kinds of information. And, and even to dialogue about the story, because if you don't see comic book stories as anything relevant, meaning yeah. you, you really dismiss them as trash, then you can't, you can't plumb from them the, the, the real gems. For instance, I'll do this mm -hmm. very quickly. Um, DC Comics did a story, um, oh God, uh, The New Frontier. Just sure. like New Frontier, sure, right? Sure, sure. For those who may not know, The New Frontier is a great series. Uh, I believe, was it Darwin Cook? Yeah, Darwin that, Cook, that, absolutely. The uh, Eisner Award winning artist. Beautiful uh, stuff. A really kind of uh, look at the superheroes through the Cold War period. Right, yeah. right. Okay, so it's the 1950s, yeah. right? Uh, they go through Korea. They get they get the Korean War over with, and it's not really so many of them involved in that. But there's a few. But it's really not about the Korean War. It's about what happens afterwards. Mm -hmm. It's about the whole all McCarthy era yeah. kind of feeling, where the the government is demanding that superheroes reveal their identities, yeah. at least to the government, so they can be registered. Blah blah blah. Yeah. And some of them won't. So now they're being hunted down. Mm -hmm. This polarization between heroes and and all that is really negative. And of course comes this huge attack of this mammoth creature that the superheroes have to come together to deal with. I say all of that to say this. Within the story, I had a group of high school students, about 15 or 20 of them in a workshop I was doing. And I not only introduced them to the comic, but I also introduced them to the animated piece, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And some of them started saying, well, I don't, you know, what's the point, man? I, you know, this is a, a lame idea. This is, I said, whoa, 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 whoa. Does any of this ring with anything that's going on in today's society? And at first, no, no, no. And then it began to, as we dialogued, they started to make certain one they'd never heard of the McCarthy era, <laughs> yeah, well, so that was the first thing. Yeah. So I had to introduce them to that. Mm -hmm. Now, now they're locking in on that, and then a couple of them go, "Well, wait a minute, that's like what happened after 9-11. I said, "Let's go on. Let's yeah, talk about it." Here. <laughs> so we suddenly had this really deep dialogue about you know security, about mm -hmm. rights, about all this, as seen through not only real life but this comic book story. Mm -hmm. And one kid actually said, I had this movie at home on my DVD. I didn't even want to watch it. I'm going to go back home and watch it. He came in the next time, and was even, it was even deeper. Yes. I didn't realize that this is what they were. <laughs> I said, exactly, because the mm -hmm. writers, the good ones, sure. it's not just, okay, fun costume, breast exposed, punch somebody, <laughs> something blows up, it's over. Many of them are putting something in there, something more uh, digestible, something that's relevant. Some, there's a story in there that... You can use as an educator. Sure. You know, if I bring people in and I talk to them, I say, okay, you look at the Hulk. What literary classical characters can you think of that are similar to that? Sure. And eventually someone says, let's see what you said. Well, I would say Frankenstein. There you go. <laughs> and another one, Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. Sure. Yeah, right? absolutely. Yeah. And then we yeah. make those connections. And yeah. for kids who've never heard of them, we talk about mm -hmm. that. Yeah. Science of Superheroes. is a, We did a, a, um, an event called the Science of Superheroes, but I do a workshop called Side Tech Heroes. Mm -hmm. And we deconstruct some of the, the superheroes, whether it's biological or technological, mm -hmm. how things work. And then I have the kids create their own yeah. based on scientific lessons and things that either we have in the class or that they've learned through their teachers. 
So, yeah, I mean, kids, many kids, not all kids, but many kids are already engaged by media. They're mm -hmm. engaged with comics. They're engaged with anime. They're engaged with these things. Use it. Yeah. You know, yeah, why absolutely, not? absolutely. Um, uh, I couldn't agree with you more. Obviously, you're preaching to the choir to me, but <laughs> well, but bring we in some more folks. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but we need you out in the street spreading the word far and wide. Uh, look, this is great. Um, I'm going to segue here uh, to. Uh, I want to ask you a little bit about uh, the play. Oh, because okay. it's a new production. Yes, um, it's, it's a new. So it's, this is exciting. This yeah. is. Um, um, what is it, Sherlock Holmes? And the Hands and, of Othello. And the Hands of Othello. Because so, that was one of Ira's major yes. roles, or the, the Moor Othello. The, uh, right? Yeah. So Shakespeare, but Sherlock yes. Holmes. Yeah, you know. What could, the Black yes, Man. Yeah. Wow. You know, yeah. I, I mentioned earlier, well, again. I so there's going to be a new production yeah, of the play. It's a new production. It's, it's Woody King Jr. And Woody Jr. King is doing it. Yeah, you know. Woody, Woody King Jr., New Federal Theater. Yeah, well, They're one of the great uh, 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 professionals in black theater. Right, for years. For decades. Decades, yeah. absolutely. And uh, a new uh, associate producer named Pat Fortunato, uh, they're working right now to develop it for the, uh, it's been stated for the 2014-2015 season. Here's how I see that. Um, for anybody who knows theater, especially young theater, different kind of theater, there are levels you got to go through. So there's, there's off-off-Broadway, there's yeah, off-Broadway, sure. mm -hmm. there's Broadway. Uh, there's, there's, you know, I got a barn, yeah, right, <laughs> you, know. you know, so what, whatever, New what New Federal <laughs> wants to do is, is do this as an off, off Broadway play first, mm -hmm. which still is going to cause a chunk of cost, yeah. a, a chunk of change. So they've got to raise funds for that. Mm -hmm. You know, um, they did a reading at the actor's studio. Mm -hmm. Now, again, for those of you who don't know who the actor's studio yeah. is, um, it is where luminaries from the 50s in particular, 50s, 60s coming forward, luminary actors in film and theater uh, came together. It's, it's almost like a, like a sort of Illuminati club in yeah, a way. Sure. Isn't, you this, know? isn't this the locus of the method? Yeah, uh, yeah. You know, yeah. Method acting? But, I mean, it's, it's, it's or, deep. You know. you know, Dustin Hoffman. Yeah, right. uh, you know, a lot of people came yeah. through there. Mm -hmm. And it has a lot. So I have a theater background, as I yes. mentioned earlier. I should have the moment I heard the words the actor's studio, going, oh, the actor's studio. But I didn't, because Woody King said to me, uh, I, I got a reading that's going to happen at the actor's studio. I went, oh, that's great. Woody, you got a reading. That's great. Yeah. Right yeah, over my over head. head. Right, right over my head. So he pulled it all together. He got all the actors and everything together. And the day comes, and I walk in there, and I sit down, and I have my little playbill in my hand, and I went, oh! <laughs> that actor's studio. Oh! You mean I'm... <laughs> And I think it's, it's like I'm looking over my shoulder and I'm seeing faces of people that I have watched in film and television for years. And I'm going, oh, oh, man, I'm here. I'm here. <laughs> so, you know, and just after I got over the elation of that, then the nervousness sat in because, boy, if you bomb in front of these people, you know, just cut my wrist now. But it was it was extremely well received. Uh, they did a Q&A afterwards Great. with Woody and myself. And it was just great. So that sort of pushed things right. forward. And so now they're developing, like I said, for the 2014-15 season. If if the gods are good, that's exactly what will happen. If the gods want to play with us a little bit, it may be the 15-16 season. Right. But either way, yes, there's a lot of good people, and again, some I can't name, who are already going, hmm, what can we do to help? So I'm excited. I'm excited by that. Now, isn't there... A uh, a novel version of this as well, or you did other Shakespeare related? Didn't you do some kids writing? 
I'm confused. Maybe I'm confusing I'm this with something else. Totally confused. I wrote oh. some Sherlock Holmes novels. That's what I mean. They, okay, that's that's what I mean. Excuse me. I mean Sherlock. I like, what did I forget? I did. No, I thought it was you've done some Sherlock Holmes stories. Yes, uh, yes. For for YA readers. Exactly. Uh, the Ravens League. The Ravens. Yes, that. The Ravens League. Yeah. I did it with uh, my buddy Bill McKay. Okay. Uh, we got two books through Penguin before uh, the editor, uh, uh, unfortunately, departed. Okay. But, okay. but it was it was a great it was a great experience, and we did a number of appearances uh, in various venues, and the kids and teachers loved it. So I'm you know again as long as you do the work and it's appreciated, you, you'd like to have your bank account a little bit bigger. But you know it was great. I had a good time with it, and, and again even in that. There's one that's called, well, the Raven League, I'll do this very quickly. The yeah. Raven League, the, one of the reasons I wanted to do it is because you grow up watching Sherlock Holmes and all these things, and you see London and, and the poor section of London presented sort of the same way all the time. And then you read and you realize, I'm sorry, but there were a lot of Jewish people there, Arabs, uh, East Indians, Jamaicans, or West Indians, rather. And I don't see those in most of the mm-hmm. films. That, sure. So I went back and I'm looking at what if the Baker Street Irregulars, which is a little yeah. kids mm-hmm. group that would help him out, what if they re- better reflected the community in which this was? So you have Irish and, and, and English, but you have all these others. So I didn't want to mess with the Baker Street kids, per se. So I took Wiggins, who was a leader. I had him have a falling out with this new crew that kind of took over and usurped uh-huh. the Irregulars. And so Wiggins, during this despondency, encounters these new kids. And one of them is a boy whose father is a British soldier, his mother's West Indian. Mm-hmm. So they can't move out into society, so right. they're there. And then some other situations. So by the time he pulls this group together, it, I feel it better represented the West End. And, and so the first story is the kids realizing that Sherlock Holmes has been kidnapped. Yeah, I see. And mm-hmm. he's in danger. Mm-hmm. And, and as they pursue that they discover the danger is far larger than they realize. And these kids wind up integral in basically saving the empire. Yeah. All right, great. Well, I want, um, we're going to close this show. I want to ask you oh, one no, more question. No, right, okay. I'm sure we can no, go on, shut up. And on for a while. Yeah. But we're going we're gonna, to, I, I want to ask one more question of just about bringing uh, the Blackjack stories uh, back into um, restarting the series. Uh, now, you're self-publishing this. Are you, are you using Kickstarter? Or are you, are you just you using your own that. money? Yeah, okay. or, so, well, or yeah. Just briefly, can you just give us a briefly, 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 how you bring them back briefly, in? Briefly. Bring the books back um, in the it's a little bit of both. Mm-hmm. Uh, through, um, through Art Hawk Entertainment, there is going to be a major Kickstarter event, uh-huh. uh, and that's going to start in May. Okay. And that's going to launch... A, a, num- a new view of and a, and a new way to appreciate and enjoy blackjack, and which I can't, like That's I said, at this moment, go into. Right. And but the anthology—that's your tease, folks. Right, go on, right? Your the basic anth- tease, right? right. <laughs> yeah, but trust me, when you see this, because you know, I'm I'm hitting myself not being able to say anything right now. Um, and then the anthology buried its um, uh, buried secrets mm-hmm. is is self published, yeah. and that's coming out ahead of time because I've been working to get that sucker out for a while. And uh, I'm tired of going to the convention. People going, yeah, where's like, the new blackjack? Man? Yeah, where's the new blackjack? Yeah. You know, so, okay, <laughs> it's coming. All it's right. going to be here another five weeks, and All we're right. good. Okay, right. forgive me. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, you heard it here first, ladies and gentlemen. All right. Well, look, you know, as much as we could go on and oh, on and, and on, we could. we're not. Um, but absolutely, a, a distinct pleasure, uh, Alex. It's absolutely. great to talk to you. Thank and you. Uh, thank you for being on More to Come. 